Welcome to the Creative Force Podcast, a podcast all about empowering you to live in your God-given identity and go after the dreams in your heart. I'm your host, Sharon Stark, and every week we'll be having powerful conversations that will combine practical and biblical wisdom for living your purpose. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Creative Force Podcast. I'm here today with Destiny Bounds. Destiny is an attorney and she also is the founder of Bounds Law. Welcome to the show, Destiny. Can you share with the audience a little bit more about yourself? Sure thing. I am so excited to be here, Sharon. Thank you. Yeah. So my name's Destiny. I'm an attorney. Uh, I opened up a law firm earlier this year called Bounds Law LLC. And I actually have a separate company. Oh, wow. Um, certified business consultant, small business consultant. Um, called Bound for Destiny Consulting. And through my law firm, they're both very related, but they kind of serve different purposes. So the law firm, we basically work with small businesses to help them uh, get protection through legal entities and contracts and trademarks, copyrights, all those things that really help a small business really succeed. And then on my consulting side, uh, we work more with like profit strategy, marketing, um, um, kind of like, and mainly new and emerging female entrepreneurs. So they go together, but they are very distinct, but yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And we're just going to dive on in here. Can you share with us your story of, of how you became an attorney? Because this was not your first career choice. So how did you enter into law? Sure. And how much time do you have? Because that could get long. I'll give you the, I'll give you the uh, uh, couple minutes worth. Uh, yeah. yeah. So being an attorney uh, was kind of a third career in my life. When I went to college, I, I was actually the first one in my family to go to college. So wow. it was a big accomplishment, you know, well, not to date myself, but like 15 years ago. <laughs> Yeah. That's okay. You look great. So college. And it was really because I had, um, you know, like it, it just worked out because I had done some credits in high school, but you know, like the, my sister didn't go to college. It really wasn't a thing. And my parents were just so proud that I even went to college. And I remember at that time, always thinking like, I'll never go back to school. Like, it's just not like, that would be that, that's for all the kids that have all these backgrounds that like, they, they know they're what they're going to do and whatever. Well, Needless to say, God had different plans. So I, my first career, I ended up um, graduating with the business administration degree, but also a communication journalism degree. And I went and worked for a TV station and that was really fun. It just doesn't pay well. And it is hard to stay in and, and, the, and to go and make a career out of it. You have to go to big markets. And so it just didn't, it wasn't in the cards. And then I ended up working for the government, the Internal Revenue Service, the Department of Treasury, and just kind of worked my way up through there. They paid for me to get a master's. And I remember thinking, you know, what do I really want to go to school for? Like, and I just thought, you know, I it just kept coming back to, in the back of my mind, to really want to serve people. And law, it can be a really great way to do that and have it open up doors for you and such. Well, there's a lot of things we can get. If you want to get into the other things too, there's some um, details as to why I chose to go to law school. But yeah, that's kind of the journey. And when I I decided then, maybe it was about 10 years now, maybe a little more, that I was going to go to law school as you know a third career. And it was 10 years after I had it must have been way more years for my undergrad then because that was 10 years, <laughs> 10, almost 10 years after my undergrad. Uh, definitely, I was in what we call a non-traditional student and went to law school, loved it. I mean, it was just, 
loved all the work and loved the kids. And then I just, I, so I've been a practicing attorney for about 10 years now and got out and went straight to a firm that was super amazing to me and, and was fortunate enough to pay for like my bar. And they did a whole bunch of things for me that made it really easy to transition. And I'm here now because I, or at least in the position I'm in now, because I just wanted to help more people. And I'm able to do that. I feel like of what God's calling me to do personally by having my own thing, by having my own firm. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> what would you say to somebody who like maybe is thinking of making like a, a massive career choice? Cause I'm sure at the time it was like probably pretty scary to set aside the degree that you had actually earned already. And then to switch into a whole new field. Man, what would I tell them? I would say, listen to what God's telling you. If you have a passion in your heart and it's something that's really in there that brings you joy almost like it's something that if it's a thought that you're like, I just really find a dream in this Mm -hmm. really explore that because I have found that a lot of dreams and a lot of dreaming that I do comes from a place of God trying to give me that. Um, And there's a lot of peace in those thoughts, right? It's not a, a dream for me. Cause sometimes when we we make dreams, right? Like I, I'm, I'm sure that I dreamed when I was 15, that I would be married by 22 with four children or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I always kind of thought, I don't even know, you know, there wasn't this whole like dream of there was peace in my heart. Like God brings you a lot of those dreams. That's peace in your heart. And that's kind of what he did for me, at least with going through all these different paths and eventually, you know, transitioning to law school. But I would say really explore that. And if you have peace about it and you're dreaming and it's something that really excites you, like there's a reason why it excites you and gives you passion, right? Like that is, that's what God made us for. Like we have those because God wants us to feel that way, right? Yeah. I love that. Really just exploring like what you're being drawn to and like what God's calling you to. And you recently did step into this new venture of your own law firm. You kind of shared before you were at the epitome of your career at this very um, big, huge law firm, and then you just really weren't feeling fulfilled. Like, what did God show you during that time? So much, Sharon. <laughs> the highlights. Oh, man. So as you were saying, yeah. So my last job for the last five years before I went out on my own, um, I worked for a really large national law firm. They were great and everything. And they gave me a ton of opportunities, um, including last year when I went to trial, uh, first chaired that trial, meaning I kind of like took on the whole trial and was the go-to person for doing that. It was a $5.6 million trial, about two weeks. That is a large, large. Yeah, that's a big deal. It's a big, big, big deal. So when I was doing it, like, you're just really busy, but I enjoyed, you know, staying busy in a sort in a sense. And then I really enjoyed being able to talk to people and tell stories and stuff like that. I've always enjoyed that. So I enjoyed the trial part, but yeah, right after I just spiraled into this depression and it was like almost a, a lack of, because it was so, so much even past depression. Like I wasn't just sad. It was just like, I literally don't know why I'm going to get out of bed today. I don't know why I'm going to go to work today. And it just kind of slapped me out of nowhere. And and I, and you know, the physicalities of it now that I'm learning are really that your body after you push it so much, because I was probably in fight or flight for this trial for months. Yeah. At the same time, it made me come to God and say, God, what is my life about? What do you really want out of me? Because yeah, it's great. 
that I can go and help my client and win this for her, which we did. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Got a complete <laughs> verdict. It was like the best verdict we possibly could get um, for my client who deserved it. But I still felt so unfulfilled because I was like, this is just not where I'm supposed to be. Um, so God was showing me, I mean, he definitely showed me I needed that in my life to feel one that I, that he's given me everything that I need, whether it be my job or my career or whatever that may be, he is given, I I'm capable of whatever he calls me to. Mm, And I never, ever, if you had asked me three years ago, Hey, Destiny's going to go lead a trial in like two years, multi-million dollar trial and win it. I'd be like, no way. I could never do that. I could never like take a team. Cause you take a team. I mean, you take, you lead the associate you're day in, day out making all these decisions and everything is writing on you. And I was like, I would never do that. Well, God showed me he can take me through anything. He can get me there and he can take me out. That's, That's just good. one of the lessons. <laughs> I mean, not to, not to mention all the lessons of, you know, God wants you to slow down. He does not want you going 40 miles per hour every single day in, a, in and out because your body's just not made for that. And I think that that was huge preparation for going out and being a business owner myself. I will say, because it, I have to remind myself a lot, like this is, this is a marathon, not a sprint, right? Like yeah. this, is, this is for the long term, and I have to, it, you know, God calls us to be responsible for our bodies, for our minds, for our spirit. And we really have to balance that. And I, I would say that would be the other main takeaway I I got <laughs> that. And God was finally like, I'm ready for the new season. And I was like, yes, actually, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. um, but he does. He sometimes brings us to those, you know, higher, very high or very low points so that we recognize those seasons in our lives. Because I'm not sure I would have because I I can sometimes be and I I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I can we can sometimes get in positions where we're very complacent. Right. Like if we're yeah. just good there, right? So it because it really was the firm I worked at was good firm. There was great people there, treated me well, paid me well, like all these things that if somebody was looking in, like you said earlier, like if somebody was looking in would be like, she's got it, she's got it made, she's got a good retirement, she's got a good pay. Like they literally at the end of the year after this trial was like, okay, would you like to make partner? Like I'm being asked, do I want to make partner? Like this wow. is the end of my career. Yeah. But I needed, I think I almost needed that just entire shift in what was happening with that day of like, just, I can't get out of bed for me to say, okay, God, what do you want though? Because clearly I'm chasing after the world when I should be chasing after you. And what does that look like? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think sometimes we just have to slow down and ask God what we want, but yeah. I would never tell anyone though, that you need to get to that point where you have exhausted yourself and ended up where <laughs> essentially your mental health is not okay. Cause my mental health is not okay at that point. Yeah. But before that, even just kind of recognizing sometimes our complacency can also be a place where we should still be seeking God. Mm, that's really good. Those are some like really powerful lessons and, and seeking God before you get to that point where you're just completely yeah. <laughs> exhausted. That's really good. And now you're, you're helping small businesses specifically and female entrepreneurs. So what are some of the common mistakes that you see in regards to law and small businesses? Sure. Yeah. So I would say the number one would be not having an actual legal entity. So I won't get Mm -hmm. into this too much, but 
there is still all these things that are going around where it's like, I don't need to be an LLC until I make a hundred thousand or six figures or 75. That is not true. (laughs) Now, I don't think you need to run out the day you decide that you're going to open a business to get an LLC. You don't necessarily need it day, day one. You start making money though. Once you've kind of nailed down that idea, instead of wasting your money, right? Then go out and do that LLC. But it's really, you want to do that early on because the LLC is there um, so that we can completely protect your personal assets, right? So we want to make sure that's right away because we, if, even if something happened, you know, two years later and you don't have the LLC from the get-go, guess what? They may be able to bring you in personally. And then you could be, you know, your personal assets, your car, your house, your bank account, all those things could be at risk. And getting an LLC, it is different for every state. But for the most part, there are a couple of states that are very expensive. <laughs> they're pretty expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, for the most part, most states, they're very affordable. hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks or something. And you may have to, you know, get an operating agreement. But really, and then you may have to do annual filings. But really, it's such a low, you know, a low, low amount of things you have to do mm-hmm. for the benefits that you're getting on it. And it is so much better just to do it in the beginning and get it done. That's one of the one mistakes I see. So yeah. try to keep it high level because I, yeah. I love this stuff. But a- another one would be lack of protection for like their brand. So okay. um, a trademark, a copyright, sometimes even a patent. Um, I'm not a patent attorney, so I won't get to the patents, but I do trademarks and copyrights. Those are, you know, they're intellectual property, which is creations of the mind and when you like your your color scheme, your fonts, your name, your logo, all those things are your company, right? You've created this this personality, this this thing that you don't want other people to steal. And I just it breaks my heart because I have businesses come to me and you know they've been in business for a year or two and they're doing well and uh, they've got things going for them. And then there's a business that goes across you know down the road that is copying their you know they've like taken all their colors and all their logo and they've, they are almost the same company, right? So what can we do? Well, at that point, if you're coming to me at that point, I'm going to say we have some issues because we really can't with copyrights. Those are like works of art. Those can go towards like your, your, more of your branding colors and stuff like that. That stuff, we can't even file a lawsuit unless I have federally registered it. So that's the mistake I'm getting at is that Businesses are just considering federally registering trademarks and copyrights just too late. That needs to be before you get booming and popping. Now, I am not in the, I'm in the probably the unpopular camp that you don't have to do it day one. This is something else you necessarily have to do day one, but this is something because it is expensive and it's, it, it can be, you know, attorneys are anywhere from 1500 to 3000 to do one trademark. And you're going to range about 500 to 700 on a copyright per copyright. Yeah. And, and then, and then the USPTO office, it's like 250 to 350. Now they, they up the fee for them just to file it. That's just the filing fee. It's just, it is expensive. So I always tell like my businesses, I'm like, it, you don't need to do it day one, unless you're looking at franchising right away. You're looking at licensing out your brand at all. Um, you're going to be spending a ton of money on marketing your first few years. You're going to be bringing in investors or you intend to sell your business. Those are all things. Or you'd just be crushed if you ever had to rebrand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because branding's 25, 50. Those are the things where I'd say right away, you should just spend the money 
knock it out in the beginning. But most businesses, if those things you probably say no to, you can wait a year or two. But I'd always do it once you've maybe got like, you know, at the end of the year, some businesses have money left over they need to find uh, deductions or something for, right? Okay. So attorney fees, all that's 100% tax deductible. That's awesome. Uh, but go talk to your your tax or CBA. I'm not yeah. trying to sacrifice <laughs> here. But then they can write that off. Like it's a good use of money if maybe you're trying to get exemptions or tax or deductions on your taxes and stuff like that. But don't do it so late. Like if you're going to be launching like a huge um, platform or program, that's a great time to do it right before. So we can lock it in and before you go and spending all that money on the marketing or whatever. So that would be the second one I would see say is just not federally registering your trademarks or copyrights early enough. Um, yeah, it's just horrible. I could go into more examples, but I won't. Yeah. Um, I'll give you one more or I'll, I'll, I'll give, <laughs> yeah, give us, give us, give us a third one. Yeah. Okay. The third one I would say is misclassifying employees and contractors. So, um, and this is where the, the governments are starting to crack down. So I, a lot of my small businesses don't necessarily have employees. So I will deal a lot with maybe solo businesses, solopreneurs, um, freelancers, or maybe they have one or two type contractors. They don't mm-hmm. really have the need for employees, but we've got to be careful whether or not you're, you're hiring them as a contractor, you're hiring them as employee. They, we've got to classify them correctly, meaning we say whether they're an employee or, <clears throat> or a contractor, and that's based upon how we pay them, right? So are we going to pay them like a 1099 or are we going to pay them like a W-2? And the government says, well, we don't really care what you say. It's all going to be in how you treat that person. So it, I, I can't, again, this is something I would say, go talk to an attorney if you really have questions. But most of the time, generally, for business owners, and this is kind of based on state law too, it yeah. has to control of that employee or contractor. And if you don't classify that person correctly, so let's say that um, you hire a assistant, a virtual assistant. Yeah. She's a contractor, but you require her to be available nine to five, Monday through Friday at your beck and call to work on whatever. And that's what you pay her. Well, that you're controlling that person. And the government would probably come in in that situation and say, okay, even if you have a contract that says she's a contractor and you guys made that agreement, it doesn't matter. Based upon the law, you are controlling her enough where you need to pay her as an employee. And then that you will get mm. tons of fines. And that is what I'm seeing with my small businesses lately is they are coming to me because they are being audited essentially. And they are having to go back and figure out and piece these timesheets that they've now got to pay all these contractors as employees and go back and do it. And guess what? When they do that, they have to take the word of the employee of what hours they work. So if they don't oh, have wow. the, yeah. So you you can be in a really bad position. So so whether or not you are looking at hiring employees, whether or not you're hiring, hi, looking to hire contractors, think about what you're doing. A good way to protect yourself, honestly, is really talking to an attorney and getting like a contractor agreement in place if you're going to have a contractor and then talking about what may need to be done for the employees. Sometimes that's an agreement. Sometimes that's just kind of like employee handbooks and policies. But but you really need to seek guidance early on when you start hiring people and understand that distinction. Because mm-hmm. the government is not lenient on that. 
Yeah. If they find you were doing it from day one, guess what? They find you back to that day one. Oh, they wow. don't say a lot of times it's not, I mean, they, they sometimes will go easy if you show them that you're doing certain things, but, but they have the right to go back to when they felt like that began. So, yeah. So yeah, that would be the third thing that I just, again, breaks my heart when I see this, like we, I had a business several thousand dollars lately that she was fine because they came in and said her, she had two businesses. She was running both as contractors. Okay. They found that both companies essentially should have been employees. Wow. Is it pretty common for a business to get audited? Is that something that? No, it's not. I don't, okay. and I honestly, I don't, I, I don't even know exactly how that happens or why sometimes. Yeah. A lot of times it can be because an employee reported it, but it's not super common, but it is getting more apparent nowadays. Yeah. That's so much valuable content that you uh, just shared with us right now. That's awesome. I encourage everyone to go back and listen to that. I think your company has the tagline of it's protect their pursuits, correct? Yeah. I love that. And I, you know, honestly, when I think about that, it just makes me think about stewardship, like stewardship in the Bible. It's like when God gives us something, we want to be good stewards of it. And we want to protect that so that it can, it can really grow. And like, what would you say to business owners who maybe, you know, they haven't got a lawyer involved yet. Maybe they're like hesitant or they're not really sure like where to get started. Like, how would you encourage them to protect their pursuits? Yeah. It's a really good question. So I'll talk about the legal side. Let's go there. Because yeah. I really, I can approach this from two different sides as a small business consultant or kind of like from a legal side. Now I come in once you've kind of formed that idea, you've locked in the idea that you've chosen, you know what your business is generally going to look like, you know what you're going to sell or what your products are going to be. You know that this is going to be launching or you're going to start your business in, you know, generally the time frame, right? You've got the solid things down. Yeah. Once you've done that, that it is really good, I would suggest, to try to make your team. So that team to me is an attorney, because even if you don't talk to them right away, you've got somebody chosen, picked out, an accountant, and maybe a bookkeeper and stuff like that. That's kind of like your your main kind of, I would say, I don't know, nuts and bolts team, because you're going to yeah. have other team members too. But have those available, at least in your back pocket when you're starting to get started, a good attorney, though, a small business type attorney will have something, though, even for the small business, like at least a consultation or something where they can go over some of those high level things of what your business needs legally and things to look out for. So like at my firm, we do what's called a legal fluence map out meeting, and it goes anywhere from 497 to 997. I know that sounds expensive, but really we sit down with you for like two hours and we go through like what you're going to need for your legal entity whether that be an LLC and how to keep that contracts that you may need your intellectual property, what that looks like. And like giving you some recommendations on if you should do it now, or if you should do it in the future, mm. we talk about employees and contractors and kind of that distinction for you and when, what to consider when you're getting ready to hire one of those and how to make sure that they're classified correctly. Um, and if they're like an in-person business, we'll talk about the risks of, you know, having that because there's additional things you got to do when you own property and have clients yeah. on. So finding an attorney that can also maybe even do that for you in the beginning, just to have a map of sorts to really make sure you're doing those main things kind of just at least in your head correctly from the get-go. That's what I would suggest. If, if they can't even afford that, which some can't, at least just starting to gather that team so that once you are in a position where you can spend some of that money, then do it. 
Um, worst case scenario, get attorney drafted templates, at least <laughs> contract templates and your LLC in place. So I think okay. that answers your question. Yeah, that does. It <laughs> totally does. That's really good. Um, out of like, I mean, you've already shared so much important information with us, but out of everything, what would be like your number one? The number one, to, your team. Make sure you've got your nuts and bolts okay. team in place, yeah. honestly. It's just having that connection because it it really pains me that, so this is a story actually from my dad. So I, oh, yeah. we didn't get into this, but like a big reason why I went to law school was because of my father. He was wrongfully convicted, but he also like, owned several businesses and still still does own a business throughout my life. So I, he's like an entrepreneur at heart. And I saw him just take, you know, businesses and grow them and sell them to seven figures. So he was a huge inspiration in my life, but I saw him constantly would be like, not seeking sometimes wise counsel, which is Christians, we should do that, right? Like in some situations we really need yeah to seek wise counsel because he thought it was going to be too expensive or he didn't even know where to go. Like there was just a lack of access there. So, I mean, that is one of my, I will say as a side note, like that's one of my missions is making legal more accessible. Like mm. I'm trying to get myself out there and other attorneys so that we are more accessible. So, you know, we are here for you. That's one thing. So that's not my father's fault, but also doing that early on. Cause I do feel like had my dad known somebody there's a lot of times where he would have at least just maybe made a call or something to say, hey, yeah. could you think about this or that type of thing? Doing that preventatively instead of post reactively, yeah. because most of the time when you're coming to me, if you've already got a cease and desist letter and you forgot to you know, respond to it, there's not a whole lot I can do to help sometimes at that point. So we want to be proactive. So yeah, having just at least an idea of who that team will be is a great way to start off. And that would be my number one recommendation. Yeah. yeah, that's all really good. And I, I, that is so biblical too, to like be proactive. And I think even in Proverbs, it says like there's wisdom in the multitude of counselors. So that's so yeah. good. Destiny, thank you so much for just all the knowledge that you've shared with us. Where can people find you if they're wanting to connect and maybe even hire you as an attorney? Yeah. That would be awesome. Um, so my website is www.boundsbusinesslaw.com, but you can also find me on Instagram um, at legal.fluence. And I am on Facebook at Bounds Law LLC. And I think I'm on LinkedIn as well as Bounds Law, but any of those you can find me on. If you want to work with me, I would love to. I um, essentially can work with anyone across the nation on copyrights, trademarks, if it's any type of intellectual property issues. Um, and a lot of online businesses, if you're dealing with a lot of states, that's more of a federal law thing. So I can deal with all those. If not, then I am, uh, our firm is licensed in Kansas, Missouri, and Texas. So, and then I have other contract attorneys that I have through a bunch of other states. So if I can't help you, I have a connection. <laughs> that's great. Thank you so much. And I love what you're doing and making it more accessible for people. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Sharon, and thank you for having me. It's been a blessing, seriously. Thank you. If you've been enjoying this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you wrote a review. If you're listening from Apple Podcasts, you can scroll down to Ratings and Review and click on Write a Review to leave one. So many of you have shared kind words with me, and it would mean so much to me if others could see them. Also, if you feel like this podcast could bless someone you know, please share it with them. Thank you so much.
today's episode are available on my blog at yourcreativeforce.com, as well as other resources and inspiration to go after your dreams. 